Hello, everyone, and inside today's episode of Locked On Canadians, the Habs win a thrilling shootout 3-2 over the Detroit Red Wings. Is Uri Slavkovsky going to be suspended for his hit on Matt Luff? And we're going to take a look at the upcoming game against the Vancouver Canucks on Wednesday night. All that and more inside today's show. Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 722 of Lockdown Canadians. We are, of course, your daily Montreal Canadiens podcast. We are available wherever you get your daily podcasts. So thank you so much for subscribing. And if you are watching my very tired, haggard-looking face, it has been a long day. But thank you for watching on YouTube. If you have subscribed, great. Make sure you ring the bell. You get notified every time we drop a new episode, if we go live, do a live stream, anything else during the season. So please, thank you. Do that. Thank you for your support. Let's get right down into things, shall we? The Montreal Canadiens went to Detroit, played the game against the Detroit Red Wings. And you know what? My, I was writing the top six minutes for Habs Eyes on the prize, and I looked at this game and I went, I just hope it goes better than the last time, where Jake Allen got the crap beat out of him for three periods, the Canadiens failed to score a goal, and everything was a little bit crummy and frustrating coming off a season-opening victory against the Toronto Maple Leafs. And in this game... They came out, it was better, it was not great, but at the same time, the Montreal Canadiens in this game did not give up. They were on the penalty kill a lot. Some of it was very well earned, and some of it was not, and I will talk about David Savard in a moment here, but they got a lot of their scoring, not from, all of their scoring actually came from not their top line in this game. Josh Anderson, suspended, gone. Second line, Sean Monaghan. Jonathan Drouin, Evgeny Dodonov, third line, Brendan Gallagher, Christian Dvorak, Mike Hoffman, fourth line, Armia Evans, and Slavkovsky. And you know where all the goals came from tonight? That's right, Mike Hoffman. And we are going to talk about him in our second segment a little bit more in depth. I have a mea culpa on that and some points I want to make about Mike Hoffman in there. But both of his goals scored in very similar fashion. Puck gets in deep. Brendan Gallagher gets to a dangerous area, shoots, and creates a rebound. And Mike Hoffman is on the spot to put that in the net. Two goals for him tonight, two assists for Brendan Gallagher, an assist for Christian Dvorak, and an assist for Jordan Harris. And that's what you want. Those two goals were big because the Red Wings were relentless. They were, again, very good offensively at pinning the Canadians in when they were allowed to. And the Canadians' penalty trouble put Detroit on the power play for long chunks of time including a five-minute major kill towards the end of the game, thanks to Yuri Slavkovsky being tossed for his boarding major. And just throughout the game, the Canadians continued to keep their resolve and keep functional and keep everything tight. David Savard and Joel Edmondson blocked a lot of shots. And I said this on Twitter. I don't know what the most shot blocks in a season is. I should really look that up. But I think the way this season is going... At the very least, David Zavard might challenge for that as it goes because he blocks so many shots. Joel Edmondson's back for three games. He's already got 12 block shots on his resume. They played a ton of time on the penalty kill. 
And then so did Jonathan Kovacevic, and so did Jordan Harris, and so did Arbor Jacki. Sean Monahan and Jake Evans were also immense. The penalty killers, for as bad as they were last year, have been on another level this year. Are they the top team in the league? No, but are they very good so far? Yes. Better than expected anyways. And that's kind of the story of the Montreal Canadiens here. And above all else, I am absolutely not doing the job that I need to describe this game is that Jake Allen was incredible in this game. He didn't have a ton of highlight reel saves. He just had so many good calming moments around the net. No wasted movement, kicking pucks away from his net. No panic in his game. Even when things got a little bit hairy, Jake Allen was there to steal things. E-E-L, not E-A-L. This is, you know, steal. Anyways, he's exactly what this team needed to help steady them in this game because Samuel Montembeau can get a little bit scrambly. Jake Allen was what they needed in this. And then, of course, you get into overtime, and Martin St. Louis went pure vibes in overtime. And you know what? I respect it because normally you go one shot, one kill in three-on-three overtime, and that's the best chance you're going to get. He threw Suzuki, Caulfield, and Gooley out there. Didn't really work the way they had hoped. And then he went David Savard out there with Mike Hoffman and Kirby Doc twice. And honestly, Mike Hoffman had two chances for that hat trick goal in overtime with a chance to win it. He didn't get it, but the plays were there. He and Doc have some synergy, which I think is Kirby Doc just being really, really damn good at this, to be quite honest. Kirby Doc continues to be an impressive piece, even when he's not on the score sheet. And then in the shootout, Cole Caulfield does Cole Caulfield things. Nick Suzuki fooled Billy Huso so badly. Huso thought he was going to flip the puck over him, and Suzuki just threw him a, a heater off the far post and in. Wings got one back through David Perron. Jake Allen shuts the door on Dylan Larkin. And Montreal comes away with a 3-2 win. It's a nice way to end a losing skid here because some of the efforts were there in the game's but they weren't, you know, getting the results they need at the end. They got depth scoring in this one from their third line, contributions from some of their other guys that aren't on the score sheet all that often. A nice rebound game for Jake Allen. He's gotten beat up a little bit. He's played well, but other teams have just kind of started putting pucks past him. He played well. He earned that win tonight, and they do have a game against Vancouver, and we are going to preview that in our final segment because there is a little bit more to talk about in this game, but I just want to say everything about this was exactly what I wanted to see from the Canadians. Hey, we need to end this losing skid a little bit here. Get some positive vibes going in the team, and they did that tonight. There is a little bit of ugliness, and there is a little bit of apologizing that I have to do now going into our next segment here. We're going to talk about the Mike Hoffman Revenge Tour. Can this continue? Can he keep up that level of play? And why maybe I, among others, have been too harsh on Mike Hoffman this season. And what's going to happen to Yuri Slavkovsky? Got tossed from the game for an ugly-looking hit. Is the Department of Player Safety going to spin the wheel and suspend him for a little bit longer? Who knows? We're going to discuss that and what the Canadians' options are all coming up next. But first, today's show is brought to you by the wonderful folks at Athletic Green. Daylight Savings has just passed. It's getting darker earlier. And you know what? What you need more than anything right now is a better way to start your day when it's cold, it's crummy, and everything else. Athletic Greens has been that for me. And with just one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're getting 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, 
whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. And this special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery focus, and helps fight aging. All of these things it has in its lifestyle friendly. So if you're doing keto, paleo, if you're vegan, dairy-free or gluten-free, Athletic Greens is there for you. There's no GMOs, chemicals, or artificial anything. It has less than a gram of sugar, and it helps support mental clarity, which is such a huge thing for all of us who are out there working and grinding every single day. There's over 7,000 five-star reviews. It's recommended by professional athletes and leading health experts. So what you got to give Athletic Greens a shot. And if you want to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, you got to check out Athletic Greens. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day, and that's it. There's no need for a million different pills or supplements to look after your health anymore. And to make it even easier, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase all you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL network. And again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. I am back. I am Scott Matla. I don't know if I introduced myself off the top of the show. And if I did not, I'm very sorry. I am running two Twitter accounts for the first time and I am doing everything I can to provide you our listeners and Twitter followers with all the Canadians content you are possibly looking for every single day. And let's get the ugly out of the way first here. Yuri Slavkovsky absolutely boarded Matt Luff, hit him from behind face into the boards, five minute major penalty. Slavkovsky's gone from the game and it's not a great hit. Admittedly, I don't think he was trying to absolutely shove his face into the boards. I think he was likely trying to brace him in there for the puck. But Slavkovsky is much, much larger than Matt Luff is. And with his size and physicality, he ended up shoving him into the boards. It is a five-minute major penalty. I will not dispute that. It's an ugly hit, and it's something that he has to know. He cannot, he can't be doing that, especially at that point in the game. The Canadians, luckily, their penalty kill was very good at getting out of that. They were lucky to draw four on four. Thanks to Jonathan Kovacevic getting uh, tied up with Elmer Soderblom there. They got out of it, but that's not always going to be the case when it comes to something like this. And I may be missing this because I don't have Twitter open behind me while I'm recording solo right now. So I can be corrected on this or I will issue a correction before the episode goes out. I think he's going to get a call from the department of player safety. I don't know what it's going to entail, he has no prior record. He's not known as a dirty player. If they suspended him a game, I wouldn't be surprised. It would be disappointing because these are games that he played well in. When he was playing with Sean Monaghan, he looked really good in this game. And I'd like to see him take advantage of that, especially against the Canucks team on Wednesday night. But if he's suspended, there's nothing you can do about that. That likely means uh, Yol Armia rises up the lineup. And Michael Pozzetta comes in here if he is suspended for that game, which uh, noted light or level-headed forward Michael Pozzetta. Can the Canadians get three players suspended in three straight games? Who knows? Find out next time on Dragon Ball Z. But I don't love the hit from Slavkovsky. It's a learning and a teaching moment for him. 
I know Red Wings fans are likely, you know, very mad at him. And fair, I would be mad if that happened to one of my players too. I don't think there's malice behind it. It's just a very dumb hit and one that you cannot make. And, oh, he's going to learn. He's got to do this. He should know not to make that hit. I don't think there's any intent in that. I don't think there's any reason to take it beyond that. If he gets a game, he gets a game. If he gets nothing, I'm not going to be surprised. I think he should probably sit for a game for that just because it is a dangerous hit. Josh Anderson got two, but he also charged basically from the back of the offensive zone to hit Alex Petrangelo. I would hope, selfishly, I am hoping that it is not something that becomes an issue because I want to see Slavkovsky play against the Canucks here. I think it's a game that he could absolutely go off in because the Canucks defense isn't great. It's on a back-to-back. Yes, the Canadians are too, but he was starting to find chemistry with Sean Monaghan. And I'd like to see that continue. And the Canadians, I don't believe, can recall anybody. They're just going to slot. I believe if he's suspended, they will slot slot Pazetta in, which, okay, fine. We'll see how it goes uh, against Vancouver. However, now to kind of shift things into better news here, Mike Hoffman had a great game against Detroit. He looked engaged. He was in the dirty areas. He wasn't on the periphery. He was the Mike Hoffman the Canadians need him to be to be putting up points on this team. Two even strength points, goals, no less. Great. Looked phenomenal in overtime. Tripping penalty or not, in which, whatever, fine. But that's the Mike Hoffman I want to see. And Mark DeMont pointed out, he's leading the Canadians in a lot of underlying metrics and count, and not traditional counting stats his Corsi percentages, expected goals, his expected goals against. He's just been really snake bitten this year. And I think we talked about it on Game Over, uh, Laura and myself, last Saturday with Andrew Berkshire, is that you almost feel bad for him because you know the effort's there and it has to weigh on him heavily when he's so used to being a high-end goal scorer. And I, if this is the Mike Hoffman that we can see more consistently, and I don't think we're going to see this guy every game, you don't see the best Nick Suzuki and Cole Caulfield every game. You don't see the best Austin Matthews or Alex Ovechkin every game. The only guy that might bring it every single night might be Connor McDavid and Sidney Crosby, and that's because they are genetic freaks like Scott Steiner out there. To the point is, if that's the Hoffman that we can see more consistently, there's a lot of teams that are going to look at that and go, we can work with that. The guy who looked disinterested and wasn't really contributing much of anything, no one's going to pay attention to that. And I know it's way too early to be talking about trade value despite the jokes making on Twitter and this and that. If he plays like that more often and ends up with you know 12, 15 goals going into the trade deadline, potentially more, teams are going to want that. Teams are always going to want that depth scoring. He's the third liner on the Canadians and a power play option. Great. That's what he should have been originally. He was not meant to be brought in as a top line winger. He was meant to be a power play specialist. The power play in and of itself is a whole other thing that still needs sorting out, but that's another day, another show. I am curious now if if those two goals kind of help reinvigorate Mike Hoffman, because we've seen last year when he gets hot, he gets red hot. And I mean like, you know, four five, six games with a goal or points and everything And that's what the Canadians need. They need that depth scoring. Suzuki, Caulfield, and Doc is great together. They need some of that depth to come to life here and give them some depth scoring because otherwise teams are just going to put their top guys 
out there over and over and over again. Mike Hoffman's revenge tour is a good thing for the Canadians in so many facets. And yes, we have been very harsh on him, but I think it's because people really want to see this guy step up like we saw tonight. Yeah, it's great. I will, you know, point out when he does something wrong and I will absolutely admit that, hey, maybe I was wrong going into this game. I mean, I did it with Matthew Perot last year when he scored a hat trick against uh, also the Detroit Red Wings in that game. He never really did much else since after that, but that's not the point. I'm very curious to see what Mike Hoffman can do. If Slavkovsky's suspended, that's going to be potentially more ice time for him because they're not going to give it to Michael Pozzetta. As much as we love that mustachioed man, it's not going to be for him. However, we have one more thing to talk about. They play the Vancouver Canucks on Wednesday night. Going to be very intrigued to see what this game is about because Vancouver's a very interesting team. We're going to get into all that coming up next. We are back. It is Locked on Canadians. It is our final segment of the day. And it is also game day again, which I did not know when I originally recorded Monday's episode when I was looking at everything else. They play the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, Vancouver is coming off a 6-4 win over the Ottawa Senators. And then they play the Montreal Canadiens coming up next here, obviously. Vancouver's a very interesting team because offensively, scary. Very, very scary. Elias Pettersson, uh, 17 points on the season. I don't know if these have been updated with tonight's stats. Bo Horvat's very good. Uh, JT Miller uh, stepping up, producing offensively, a new signing. Um, Andre Kuzmenko has 11 points in 13 games. Quinn Hughes continues to be Quinn Hughes and doing Quinn Hughes things. Then things get a little bit dicey. In that, Spencer Martin is currently statistically the better of two goalies. He's three and zero with one or three zero and one with an OT loss, three forty five goals against, and a nine hundred save percentage. Thatcher Demko uh, is not that. In nine games, he has one win, six regulation losses, and two overtime losses. 3.9 save percentage or goals against 879 save percentage. And the last time that I pointed out that goalies were struggling against the Minnesota wild, Mark Andre Fleury came in and put together two absolutely phenomenal games against the Canadians inside the span of a month. I, I, I don't know what to make of the Canucks because they are, if, if anything, they're, they're in a rough spot. They're not where they were expected to be with Bruce Brujo. Remember, Jersey's on the ice. They had that huge losing streak to start the season. And I got to be honest, I still don't think they're the finished product. I know the Canadians are definitely not the finished product. I feel like this has the opportunity to be a very wild, high-scoring game. Vancouver right now sits sixth place in the, in the Pacific Division, they are 4-6-3 and three on the season, 11 points in 13 games. The Canadians, in retrospect, have, are 6-6-1, six, six 13 points in 13 games. Uh, just for the record, I'm looking at this things right now. Ottawa's in last place. They are 4-8, and eight, um, which is hilarious because the rebuild is over. But that is uh, currently not what we're going to be talking about here. This is all going to come down to whether Montreal can keep up because Vancouver has 47 goals scored, 53 goals given up. Montreal has scored 37 and given up 42. 
Vancouver has the ability to turn this game on its head very quickly, but I also think Montreal could do the exact same thing. Samuel Montembeau is likely going to get the start. This is going to be a big test for him. He's played a lot of big games. He had that game against the Sabres where he stood on his head, stole them two points in that game. Not even debatably, he did steal them two points in that game. And I, I'm curious to see if they shake things up. Does Chris Weidman come back in the lineup? Do we see a shuffling in the lineup? They can't call anyone else up because we still don't know what's going on with Slavkovsky. And we still don't quite know, you know, are they going to shake things up based on Mike Hoffman having a strong game or anything else? And I, I really want to see what happens here because Vancouver, when they get rolling, are an absolute wagon of a hockey team. Boost Boudreaux knows how to squeeze offense out of that team. That's always been something he's been very good at, but his team currently cannot get a save to, and I mean, to save their life. And I think that's, that's important is that you can exploit that. Cole Coffin and Nick Suzuki can exploit that. Mike Hoffman and depth scoring can exploit that. Can you get Sean Monahan rolling a little bit in this? Can you get the defense a little bit involved? Because there's the occasional secondary assist, primary assist, depending on the play. But I'd like to see more generation from a Jordan Harris, Caden Gooley. And that means put them on the power play in this game a little bit. I love the idea of Arbor Jacki on the power play because as Martin St. Louis, he can cause some chaos. To cause chaos, one, you have to get on the power play. And two, the puck has to get to the net to cause said chaos. And it's great. He can absolutely, you know, run over guys with that shot to the net. However, it's still not clicking quite yet. And I still think it's one of the biggest flaws on the team this year is that if they could get to a league average power play, oh man, just absolutely, absolutely a different team. However, they haven't figured it out yet. Back to back situations are always, always, always tricky. And Vancouver's rolling. Montreal's going to be flying high after that win. And then the Habs have the Penguins again this weekend. There's a lot of tough games ahead for this team. And depending on what they do with Slavkovsky, it's, you don't know. It causes a lot of questions for what Montreal can do here. And against Vancouver, it's another strong test. Because then they go out west not that far after the fact. I think the end of the month, beginning of December, they finish their uh, western and central Canada road trip, which is great because let's get that out of the way early in the year so I am not tired when it's actually nice outside and staying up till 10 o'clock and later every single night. As far as predictions go, I I don't know. I think it's going to be high scoring. I think, honest to God, between the two teams, eight goals is not out of the question. Uh, it all depends which goal is going to blink first. Is Samuel Montembeau going to regress? Is Spencer Martin or Thatcher Demko going to try and build and find consistent performances? We're going to find all that out. I'd love to hear your predictions in the comments or on Twitter. You can tweet us at LO underscore Canadians. If we're a little less active there, I am doing my best to try and run two accounts. My day job, unfortunately, I'm away from my computer, so I'm not always there. I promise I am not ignoring you. I am not as great as this as Laura is, but I am trying my best to make sure you get all the content you need. So thank you for bearing with me with that. Um, this episode will go live at midnight. So again, make sure you're subscribed on YouTube. Make sure you ring the bell to get notified when this episode goes live. You can follow myself on Twitter at Scott Matla. If you're looking for game highlights, I post everything on Twitter. When, if I am home, 
or not out and about. So please make sure you're following me there as well. You can follow Laura at the active stick to listen to all of her vacation gloating currently, but do not bother. It is her vacation. But if you do bother her, say hello. Hope she enjoys Europe. She will be back next week on, on Sunday's episode. And when you are done checking out our show and you're subscribed wherever you can find this podcast, check out Locked On Sports Today. A lot of us here at Locked On Canadians, you can find them on YouTube. You can find them wherever you get your shows. Everyone, I will see you after the Canucks game. Go Habs, go. And we will see you all next time.